This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 199-inch. On this episode, we interview actress and musician Laura Purcell, who played Tanya Harding in Weird Al's Headline News music video. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Welcome to episode 199-inch, Dave. Well, thank you, Ethan. I hope you have your party pants on, because it is almost time to celebrate the most important holiday of the year. Oh, you bet I do. And I also have my Viking helmet on and my mayonnaise ready to spread. I cannot wait for Weasel Stomping Day 2023 coming up this week on June 31st. You seriously did not just imply that Weasel Stomping Day was the most important holiday of the year? I mean, it's important, sure, but it's not very patriotic, if you ask me. Well, as a Weird Al fan, I obviously rank Weasel Stomping Day above American Independence Day, but don't get me wrong, Dave, I do have my Stars and Stripes socks already laid out for America's birthday on July 4th. All right, Ethan, you should be really embarrassed right now because I'm getting quite offended. What? I wasn't going to mention the American flag underpants you bought me on the podcast for everyone to hear. No, no, no. You're obviously forgetting something very important to me and my people that we celebrate every year during the first full week of July. Tax day? I don't know. I give up, Dave. You are not being very nice. Is that a hint? Yes. July 2nd through July 8th is Be Nice to New Jersey Week. I'm... So sorry, Dave. I should have remembered that. Ah, forget about it. I forgot about forget about it. Wait! I think that's why I didn't remember it. You told me to forget about it. All right, now time for you to listen, because it's time for What's Happening in Weird Al Related News. Attention Los Angeles area Weird Al fans. Weird Al will once again join the middle-aged dad jam band for a show on Saturday, July 8th. Advanced tickets are already sold out, but you can join on a first-come, first-served wait list. And if you make it in, tickets will cost $30 each. There are other middle-aged dad jam band shows coming up sans Weird Al, so if you're interested in more details, head over to madjb.com. Weird Al and those involved with the production of Weird Al Yankovic Story have been doing a lot of interviews lately to keep the film in the top of the mind of Emmy voters. The one that really stuck out to us was our last episode's guests, Leo Bierenberg and Zach Robinson, interviewing Weird Al himself on Instagram Live. Now, as a really fun interview, and even director Eric Appel joined in as a surprise guest to show off his Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Golden Bust and Hey Boy props that were in his office. And at one point, Weird Al mentioned hearing that Leo and Zach had written the music for the award show part of the movie first. And all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast can't help but take credit for that morsel of trivia being first dropped on episode 198-inch. In a very surprising twist, near the end of the interview, Weird Al called out Leo and Zach for saying, in a different interview, that their favorite Weird Al song was, get this, Windows 95 Sucks. 
Now, during our interview, when they brought up downloading songs on Napster, I was really curious if they had accidentally downloaded any not-Al songs. But we had a lot to cover, so didn't quite have a chance to bring that up with them. And if you're a big enough Weird Al fan that you're listening to our podcast, we hope you know already that Weird Al had absolutely nothing to do with the song Windows 95 Sucks. There's a great list put together by XVR27 over at www.com-www.com called the Not Al List, which compiles some of the most commonly misattributed songs to Weird Al in the days of Napster. And sure enough, Windows 95 Sucks is on that list and is actually by Bob Rivers. Now, in making sure we did our due diligence, we asked our intern Frank to listen to Windows 95 Sucks. And, uh, well, let's just say it's no Weird Al song. It doesn't even sound remotely like Weird Al. Yikes! Well, we know both Leo and Zach are big Weird Al fans, but we find it surprising that their all-time favorite Weird Al song is a song that is not even by Weird Al. Well, I mean, maybe they were joking. That's the only logical explanation. After all, they are world-class, award-winning composers and musicians, and soon-to-be award-winning composers of Weird the Al Yankovic Story. Well, that's gotta be it, Dave. Leo and Zach, you are both welcome to come back on our podcast anytime to share with everyone what your real favorite Weird Al song is. You know, the one that is actually a Weird Al song. This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound, double-wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger, feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger and order ahead. Now it's time for what's happening in David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast-related news. Attention, Patreon family! Ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 45 centimeter is now available over at Patreon.com/slash 2000inch. Listen as Ethan and a gaggle of guests review Weird Al's Nashville, Indiana show. One of the makeup shows from Weird Al's The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. And don't worry, dear listeners, Dave's on the episode too, though he didn't actually attend the show. Sheesh! And our more frugal listeners were also treated last week to the release of Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episode 43 Centimeter. That is our epic review of the amazing Carnegie Hall show in New York City. If you want to change your ways and indulge, head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch and listen to Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episode 44 Centimeter and Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episode 45 Centimeter right now today. As a reminder, for the entirety of Pride Month, all proceeds from sales in our merchandise shop at shop.2000inch.com will be donated to a charity that supports the LGBTQ plus community. Plus, Dave and I will be matching whatever proceeds are raised. To celebrate, we've added a slew of items with the 2000-inch rainbow logo to the shop. Plus, all of our old favorites are still there. Pride Month ends on Saturday, so be sure to get your orders in ASAP over at shop.2000inch.com. 
And now we are thrilled to introduce you to this episode's guest. So take it away, Ethan. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome our next guest. She's a singer, songwriter, actress, ice skater, and was born to music royalty. Listeners of this podcast may be most familiar with her work as Tanya Harding in Weird Al's headline news music video. Please welcome to the podcast, Laura Purcell. How's it going, Laura? Hey, you make me sound so important. It's, I, I'm amazed. <laughs> you are. <laughs> wow. You are. You know that person? I want to know her. <laughs> you are her. <laughs> oh, gosh. How are you guys doing? We're great. Thanks for joining us. It's it's an honor to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> this, I have to tell you, this is the first time somebody has wanted to interview me about that video honestly this is this <laughs> what <laughs> yeah i, I find I, that I, hard I, to believe <laughs> i kept thinking somebody's gonna like stumble across this video you know especially after the movie i tanya came out and you know i feel like oh there's there's been so much press about tanya harding and um you know my little old video back in what was it 1993 yeah, 1994, <laughs> yep. It's been like 30 years since that video came oh out. Oh my God! Oh my God, I can't believe that long. It seems like yesterday. That's so great. <laughs> well, before we get to, because we have so many questions about the video and the ice skating, but we got to talk about, you know, your father, the music royalty, the legendary pianist and composer, Bill Purcell. Can you just get, tell us a little bit about him for people who may not be yeah, familiar with him because yeah. they're such big Weird Al fans and they don't know anything else about music. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, my dad was an arranger, composer, pianist, all-around musician. He was an educator. He taught at Belmont University for 37 years. But people mostly know him for his hit record in 1963. It was called Our Winter Love. It was an instrumental hit that was, it was a very romantic you know, kind of cheesy song that people fell in love to back in the early <laughs> 60s. And it reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Incredible, and, uh, incredible. Yeah, so that really kind of made him, you know, famous locally. And um, he was signed to Columbia Records and he did a follow-up album to that. And he was also a sideman for all of the Music Row legends. He worked with Johnny Cash, Patsy Cline, Chet Atkins, Marty Robbins, Jim Reeves, Brenda Lee. He even was on Bob Dylan's record when he came to Nashville. Wow. Um, Joan Baez, <laughs> Dan Fogelberg, the list goes on and on and on. Dad, That's... he couldn't even keep track of how many people he had recorded with because he was in the studio. Yeah, it's incredible. So he was kind of an important dude. He was he was amazing, and he was funny, and he was a great storyteller. And if if he were alive right now, he would want to do this podcast with me, and he would take over and tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> he would. He love loved it, love telling it. stories, especially about the old days in the studio. And he was just so funny. I just miss him terribly. So that was my dad. Uh, well. Yeah, thank you for telling us about him. Later in the interview, we'll be talking about this really cool album that you worked on and how it connects your your parents yes. and your father. So we'll we'll leave yeah. that little little teaser there. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's pretty incredible that you're you know you you do singing, you do uh, acting, you're also an ice skater. You know, how did you uh, get into all of these different you know professions and hobbies and 
uh, different art forms. <laughs> I'm basically an insane person. And <laughs> I, 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 all I can tell you, I, was, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. And while other kids were swimming and playing tennis and all that, I was ice skating. And don't ask me how, because nobody ice skated in the city. Like it was, <laughs> it's Nashville, Tennessee. Right? How do you make a transition from Nashville, you know, into ice skating? That's not the first place I think of when I think of ice no. skating. What happened? My, my dad was looking for activities to keep me and my brother occupied. So when I was nine years old, he signed us both up for ice hockey downtown. Oh, and at the end of the time, okay. I didn't know what ice hockey was. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I, you know, we go out and we buy all this equipment, um, you know, the pads, the skates, the hockey stick, the helmet, the, the, the face grill, all this awful stuff. And I got thrown into this team and I was the only girl. Oh, I was man. the only girl. Oh. They did not have girl teams at that time. And it was tragic. I, I was horrible. They, they benched me all season. They wouldn't let me play in any games. I didn't want to play. I was grateful that they didn't put me on the ice because I, I hated it so much. And my team won the championship because <laughs> basically I wasn't playing until the very last game. And my mom, I begged her. I said, please, I want to, I, I saw all these beautiful girls, you know, they would get on the ice after me and they were wearing these little dresses and they were jumping and spinning and doing all this really cool stuff. And there weren't that many of them. There, there were maybe three or four, but I wanted to be that. I wanted to do that. Plus I'd seen skating on television, you know, the Olympics and Dorothy Hamill and yeah. all of that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do that. And, but she made me finish the season. She said, you are going to finish what you start young lady. So I had to finish <laughs> oh. that stupid season. I had to wait. And then finally I turned 10 and I was able to go ice skating and we didn't have a lot of ice in Nashville, but I took advantage of every freestyle session I could get. I skated all the time. And when they finally built a year round rink, I was 13, 14, 13 or 14. Then it, I was all in, I was all in and uh, they, they brought people in from other states to help us build the program. And I was on the very first Nashville figure skating team. Wow. So go figure. Yeah. I don't, I was never much of an athlete, but it was just something I loved. I just loved the ice and I loved jumping. I loved spin. It was the closest thing to flying. It's the closest thing to flying for a girl, for, for someone like me. And I just loved the yeah. feeling of being out there, you know, and I was, I was pretty good at it. It was something I could actually do. So that's how that happened. And then I, you know, life happened and I, I skated through high school and competed. And then I went to college and I stopped skating because I didn't think there was any point in me skating anymore. Cause I needed to get, get a life and be serious and figure out what I was going to do with myself. And I went to LA and I was acting. And then this whole Tanya Harding thing happened in 1990. <laughs> and I knew, yeah. I knew there was an opportunity there because I'm like, hmm, I can ice skate and I could make myself look like Tanya Harding. I, <laughs> I could do that. And so I prepared myself. I, there were, there were movie, movies of the week coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, I, I can't, they were awful. Of course they were terrible, <laughs> but you know, dramatizations. Right. <laughs> of the Tanya Harding story. And this was like right when it was happening, right? And so I was all in, I, I dyed my hair blonde. 
I, I got my skates back. I started skating again. I found a rink in Culver City, California, and I started training again. And I was just waiting for that call. And, and I did. I auditioned for several of those made-for-television biopics. But, you know, I didn't have a lot of credits. And so I had really kind of given up on the whole, whole thing. And then I got the call from Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> you know, looking at pictures of Tanya Harding from the time and how you look in that music video for Headline News, it's pretty uncanny. You you really did a great job making yourself look like Tanya Harding. Well, thank you, because to tell you the truth, and you can ask Al this, he did not bring me in to audition for Tanya. They brought me in to audition for Nancy Kerrigan. Oh. Oh. Can you, wow. is that, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. So I came in and I, I did, you know, why me? I think that was the the two lines that she got to. <laughs> and, and so he was like, oh, that was really funny. Great, great, great. And I was, I was hitting out the door and I said, you know what? Do you mind? Could I, could I also read for Tanya? And Al was in the room and, and he was like, sure, sure. Go ahead. And so I auditioned for Tanya and of course I mugged my face off and, you know, I, I, I just went for it. He was laughing so hard. He was laughing so hard. I knew when I walked out that I had booked it and I, I knew, I knew. And, 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 uh, and what's funny is when I, when I got that audition guys, I did not know it was a weird Al Yankovic video. They were very secretive about it. All oh. I knew was that I was going, yeah, I was going in for a music video to play Nancy Kerrigan. That's okay. all I knew. Huh. And so I walk in the room and there's freaking Weird Al Yankovic sitting in the chair. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you got to be kidding. Oh my God, this is so cool. This is so cool. <laughs> I just love his videos. I grew up on him, you know, eat it and uh, fat. and uh, He's just brilliant. He's so brilliant. So yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> I, left, I left the audition and I was like, I think I booked that. I, I'm pretty sure that that went really well. And they, they called me up and they said, okay, we have round two of our auditions. We have to make sure that you can actually skate. So they had the casting director meet me out at Pickwick Ice Arena. And she, it was so obvious she, she didn't really know much about skating. And she just said, okay, uh -huh. just get out there and like do something. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did a spin and she goes, okay, you're fine. That's it. You, like, that's it. That's all I got to do. That's it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then um, I was offered the part wow. and um, it, it, it was so much fun and so crazy and so insane. And I remember we shot at like three in the morning at Panorama. Wow. It was no Paramount, Paramount Ice Rink down in Paramount City. Okay. And so I had to get up at like two in the morning or three in the morning to drive down there. And you know, because we had when they rented the ice rink, it had to be when it wasn't being used for <laughs> hockey and skating, right? Right. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, gosh, it was it was it was fast and furious. And it it kind of happened really, really quickly. And I, I had the feeling, you know, and, and Al would, he would storyboard everything out to the, to a T and he actually, I think I could be wrong, but from what I remember, he actually hand wrote all the storyboards. Like wow, he's insane wow. to this guy. Like he just, he could do anything. So he storyboarded the whole thing out. Um, 
but he, nobody really knew how we were going to do the thing about blowing smoke out of my ears. I was going to ask which you was about that. <laughs> so funny. Well, what, what Al or someone on his team concocted, it, I, I, <laughs> I had to wear a fire hydrant on my back. It was a fire hydrant <laughs> that blew steam. And they literally oh. had these two pipes that came out of each end of the fire hydrant and they wrapped it around the back of my head and behind my ear. And <laughs> I, I, they would hit a button and I would make a face and all this steam would come out of both sides of my head. <laughs> all I remember is that that damn fire hydrant was so heavy. It was so heavy. And I'm, I'm like this little person. I'm, I, I don't have like broad shoulders or anything. I think they were, they were doing the rest to try to hide it. Hide it behind my shoulders so that you couldn't actually see the fire hydrant. If you look really closely, I'll bet you can probably see some some remnants, <laughs> of something, something. But I, I was really, really happy with how I, I couldn't believe how funny that turned out. It was hilarious. It's so good. It's it's so iconic. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was great. And it's interesting when you do a video like that with people who don't skate. And they want, they're trying, and, and, you know, Al's not an ice skater. So he's trying to tell me what to, you know, how to, to do this. And he didn't understand, you know, when you do a spin, you can't just stop facing the camera. He's like, I want you to do a really, really fast scratch spin. And then you stop at the, in front of the camera. And I'm like, I, well, I'm going so fast. I don't really know where I'm going to stop, you know? <laughs> so I did it over and over and over and over and over again until finally oh. I just landed somewhere near where he wanted me to land to stop. And what he ended up doing was he sped up the tape. So it looks like I'm actually spin. I, I was spinning faster than I actually was. Right. So when you see me oh, okay. <laughs> whirling like a dervish, um, I had to do it slow. I told him I have to spin slow. If you want me to stop where you want me to stop, I have to be able to see where I'm stopping. So I can't do that if I'm spinning like a, you know, banshee. So <laughs> they slowed me down and then he sped it up. So that was kind of interesting. You know, and listen, better skaters would be able to do that. But, but listen, I never went to the Olympics. I was never like that. You know, I never did triple jumps or anything like that. So <laughs> they, they hired a novice skater, really. So it, it was it, I, I'm glad it came off as well as it did. And the girl who played Nancy Kerrigan, have you guys interviewed her? No. Uh, did you know her? Oh, yeah. I, I, I met her much later. She's a skater and she was in the ice capades. She was actually much better you know, than I was. Oh. Um, and what is her name? She's my friend on Facebook and we don't talk <laughs> that much, but um, she, I mean, I mean, she's nice. I, I, I don't, gosh, I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to look her up while we're talking. Well, she's, she's probably still okay. mad about uh, the kneecap. <laughs> oh, right. right. She, you know what? Actually, she was really super cool when we had to do that scene where we're rolling over on the ice and I'm punching her in the face. And I'm actually <laughs> right. punching the dummy. It's, I mean, it's so obvious I'm punching a dummy. It's so hilarious. Right, right. And it was, we had to roll over each other on the ice. And she was like, oh, Laura's back is going to get scratched because the back of my, I didn't have any, the back of my dress was bare, right? So it was my bare skin. And she placed her hands underneath my back to make sure that I didn't get scraped up by the uh -huh. ice, which was, uh -huh. was very nice of Nancy because so her nice. dress covered and my dress didn't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it just little things like that. I, I, I remember, and I, and then when we did that 
scene on the stage at the very end where we all come waltzing out on the stage. Right. And we take our bow. Um, I remember we were holding hands and it was my idea to like, break, like, you know, I, 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 I let go of her hand. Right. I'm still angry. <laughs> like rip it away. And Al was like, yeah, Al was like, keep that, keep that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. I mean, there's so many stories. What else do you want to know? I mean, I, I wrote it all the time. Oh, I wow. did. A friend of mine, a friend of mine said, Laura, you're going to want to write all this stuff down because this is this is pretty iconic. You know? <laughs> it and is. It, it really was. And I, I didn't understand how cool it was until after I did it. You know, and of course, I was in acting classes at the Beverly Hills Playhouse and everything was very serious. And when I booked this this job, they were like, oh, that's not real acting. Oh. It's a video. Yeah, they kind oh, of poo-pooed what? it. And I was like, you know, you're going to you're going to eat your words because I'm going to be on MTV. <laughs> right. <laughs> in 30 years, Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Right, right. Exactly. And all these years later, 30 years later, I'm still talking about it. <laughs> that was fun who else have you talked to from the video we've had quite a few people actually from the headline news video on our podcast judy tenuta for, for oh, one, yeah. who is a, a guest of our podcast a couple people who were actually in the scene where you where they hold up the numbers you know uh yeah giving the the ranking a few of yeah. those people one of them was i think weird al's publicist at the time another yeah. one was uh, the record manager tad dowd um, and they got their cameos yeah so so oh, they were cool. they were in there that's quite a few obviously everybody in the band as well right and weird yeah. al and dr demento and <laughs> dr demento and the yeah. guys in the band so cool and everybody kept telling me when when we were you know in makeup and getting ready and costume and all that stuff everyone said he is the nicest person to work for everybody told me that everybody across the board and he used the same people he used the same crew for everything for years he had the same band he was just very very loyal to his friends and that you know that that's pretty rare i think in hollywood and He's just very, very well thought of. Absolutely. He still, 30 years later, has the same exact band. Yeah. So everybody who you were in that music video with in the band scene is still his band members. I ran into one of them. Yeah, I ran into one of them at the, um, his last name is, I think, Bermudez. I, I ran into him at the NAM show in LA. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, I took a picture with him. And we placed it side by side. Uh, I, I did a little post on Facebook. I said, because there was a picture of us together in 1993. He wanted a photo with me. And then we duplicated <laughs> the photo again oh, in 2018. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too bad we're not on um, video right now. I'd show it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should send, definitely send that to us so we can uh, post it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. It was so fun. So fun. Well, so I, I have a bunch of questions about the the video, but I guess I want to go back to something you were talking about, which uh, is really intriguing to me, and that's auditioning for a music video. How does the audition process work there? Because you're not actually speaking lines in the music video. You're just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was basically an improv. From what I remember, it was a small room, and I walked in, and they were like, here's the situation. You're, you're Nancy Kerrigan and you just got hit on the kneecaps and just 
And what are you, you know, and, and just, I, I, you just had to act. It was doing improv. So mm. I was like, why me? And then, and then for, for Tanya, you know, and I asked to do Tanya and I'm trying to remember what they asked me to do. I, I think it was, I, I know it's, it's one of the scenes where I absolutely lose my mind and I'm enraged. And I just just blew my top. I just was like, you know, just <laughs> and I have a very rubbery face anyway. I have a very expressive face. And so I and and I popped my eyes and I, I Al was he was sort of like, oh, my God, that's really scary. It was funny. <laughs> it was all in pop. Yeah, there was no, there no lines. There were no lines. You know, they would give you the sides. They call them sides, right? When you go in and you audition okay. for anything. But this just happened to be sides with no dialogue. So, and, and that happens a lot. You know, you huh. just go in and you have to act out the scenario. And that's what I did. And I think I was by myself. I don't think I had a partner. I don't think I had anybody I was working with hmm. from what I remember. It was very fast and very... Uh, lighthearted and you know fun <laughs> the whole thing was maybe like three minutes it oh, wasn't wow. very long at all. wow oh, okay now were there other people there auditioning too oh yeah yeah they were wait in the waiting room in the waiting room and you know and and when i went in there were people reading for uh reading auditioning for for nancy because i was in for nancy right so you had all these people right. who were trying to look like nancy kerrigan and <laughs> It was, I, I, there was no way I was, I already, I had the blonde hair because of my, my Tanya, my, my, you know, my, my vision to play Tanya, but, yeah. and I still don't know why they brought me in for Nancy that I almost think that was some kind of a mistake, Right. but I, oh, I did, yeah. I tried to put my hair, you know, I tried to pull it back the way that she wore it and put my makeup on the way that she wore it. And, uh, but you know, it worked out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the, you know popping your eyes out, and there's a great part in the music video where you're holding the voodoo doll of Nancy, and you pop your eyes out with yes. this <laughs> evil grin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that love was it. Fun. Yeah, he wanted. <laughs> Al encouraged me to just go over the top. There was no subtlety, <laughs> you know. And and in acting class, everything you know, you're supposed to be very. I was always told to you know to calm down and. And be, you know, less is more and right. don't, don't act, you know, to be, you know, so I was really working on being subtle. And then I get, get this part and Al's telling me to just lose my mind and go for it. <laughs> it was confusing a little bit at the time. I'm like, oh, this goes against everything I've been studying, you know? <laughs> All right. And I remember when I was punching the dummy, um, he really wanted me to just punch the crap out of it. Just punch it. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a boxer. I don't punch anything. So he didn't like, it just wasn't reading. So he literally got down on his hands and knees on the ice and he punched that. He showed me exactly what he wanted and like, <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. He, he sort of gave me a line reading. He yeah. gave me a line reading lines. He told me exactly what he wanted. And I was like, oh, thank you. Oh, I get it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good <laughs> it was it was fun i'll have to watch it again it, it's uh, <laughs> had something like 10 minutes of views or something it's, and I'm, I'm 
I, I wish it had become one of his bigger hits, you know, but I think the the song was so of its time, you know, it, it's not, I don't know if it's a classic video because you have to really go back and look at history to um, remember these events. I mean, the Tanya Harding thing is, well, that'll last forever, but you know, right. Lorena Bobbitt and what happened and, and the guy who got caned in India, right. like a lot of people, <laughs> they don't remember those stories. It's not, it's not something that people, it's, it's not part of our daily conversation, you know? Right. Yeah. So out of everyone right, yeah. depicted, I think Tanya Harding is the one name that someone's going to remember best, I think. Yes. Yes. I have a funny <laughs> story that, you know, when, when they were shooting I, Tanya, the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Margot Margo Robbie, you know, of course, who plays Tanya. She was training at Pickwick where I ice skate, where I was training at the time. <laughs> And she would show up in the morning and I didn't know who she was. She was just very, very tall and um, clearly did not know how to skate. <laughs> and I remember being really annoyed. I was like, who is this person who is just standing in the middle of the rink with her coach and she's in the way? Like I'm trying to run my program and she won't move and she obviously can't skate. She does not belong on this freestyle session. Then somebody told me that's Margot Robbie. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is <laughs> She's she's training. She's learning how to skate for the next Tanya Harding movie. And I was like, why is she playing Tanya Harding? First of all, you know, she's beautiful. She's six feet tall. How's that going to work? She ended up doing, I thought, a really, really great job. Um, But she was very, very nice. And she was very open about the fact that she couldn't skate. And I was on the ice with her one day with my coach. And we were doing uh, backward power poles. And I wasn't really looking behind me and I smashed right into Margot Robbie Oh no! and she went flying. She went flying into the plexiglass on and she hit her face. Oh no. Like she went into the plexiglass. And I thought if there was ever a Tanya Harding moment, that was it. I cannot believe I just did that. I just Tanya Harding. (laughs) I literally just smashed her into the plexiglass she had to get off the ice. Her face was red. Oh, no, and I was like, no. I felt so bad. I said, I am so to see you. And, and, and she was like, she's Australian. Don't worry about it. I don't know how to skate. I don't know how to stop. I just don't know how to, I didn't know how to stop. I'm like, well, that's what happens when you don't know how to stop. But that happened. I actually, yeah, I threw her into the wall without meaning to. I thought the irony of that, the irony of that was just unmistakable. Right. <laughs> I feel like you would have told us if this was the case, but did you have an opportunity to to share how you had originated the role that she was going to be playing? I was dying to. I was dying to. I wanted to go talk to her. But, you know, she was definitely under lock and key and she had her figure skating coach with her and her acting coach with her. And as soon as she got off the ice, she retreated to a corner. They didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And I thought, hmm. oh, man, I I would have and she would have loved to hear it. I, I know she would have loved. Oh, to I'm hear sure. It, it would have yeah. been, right. been a great conversation. And, you know, they literally hustled her out some back door. So I was never able to have a conversation with her other than I'm sorry, I threw you into the plexiglass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all I was ever able to say to Margot Robbie. Isn't that a shame? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that was the extent of our dialogue. So and she was very nice about it. But one day, if I ever meet her, I'll, I'll, I'll tell her. I'll, I'll have to fill her in. And For sure. <laughs> she will, she'll remember it. She will I'm remember sure it. I'm sure she will. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I thought, did you, did you guys see the movie, I, Tanya? I have not seen it. Oh, it's pretty good. There's only one Tanya Harding for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Yay, that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> you, I wonder, do you think Tanya Harding ever saw this video? The, the, the real Tanya Harding? I don't know. That's an excellent question. I don't know. I think there's so much, there was so much going on with Tanya Harding. I mean, obviously it was a huge story back in 1994. Uh, I don't know if she had time to, to sit down and watch uh, MTV and hope the video came on. <laughs> yeah, or even later on, you know, I, I wondered at the time when we were filming it, I was telling my friends, I said, you know, she's pretty scary. You think she's going to come after me? You know, <laughs> it's really unflattering portrait of her. You know, she, right. she may not like what she sees. I sort of have to <laughs> assume that, you know, after the whole scandal and everything kind of kind of died down, I think she had a lot of time on her hands and she probably was able I to watch it. Do. <laughs> I, I think possible. at this point, she probably would welcome the publicity. Yeah. She would love it. Anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, Lori, you, you mentioned filming at 3 a.m. at the Paramount Ice Rink. Yeah. How many different shoots were there for the video? Because uh, I know there, you know, we mentioned a couple of the different scenes. Obviously, there's you skating, uh, and then there's the one beating up the dummy and that kind of stuff. But then there's like the press conference. There's the the bowing on stage. How many different you know locations were those shot at? Yeah, my my part of it was two days. Um, the, one, the first day was at the ice rink um, and the second day was at this theater. And I'm trying to remember, you, you might be able to tell me where that was. It was in Hollywood. It was somewhere in Hollywood. Yeah, my understanding, it's Longfellow Elementary School Auditorium in Pasadena. Hmm. In Pasadena. Yeah, it was in Pasadena. That's right. Oh, gosh. It's all coming back to me now. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it was and with, with the judges and the scorecards, I believe that was done at the rink. Okay. I believe. Okay. Um, now when they did in the, the part that took the longest was that spin that I told you about when <laughs> Al was like, I need you to stop and face the camera. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> trying. I'm not that good. <laughs> oh God, that took the longest and I'm sure we ran over time. And it was probably my fault. Um, but then we went to, I think it was the next day or two days later, we went to that place in Pasadena. And I remember all these stars, these B-list stars were showing up. <laughs> and I remember that, do you remember Angeline? She, she had all those posters all over LA, the blonde are you guys located in LA? We are not. We're located on the East Coast, uh, but I, I am familiar with uh, the name Angeline. I believe uh, she's come up on the podcast before, actually. Yes. Angeline was famous for absolutely nothing. She was famous for being Angeline. And she was married to some guy that paid all this money to splash her all over these, you know, billboards all over town. And she'd had every kind of plastic surgery known to man, you know, huge boobs, tiny waist, real skinny, big, big lips, you know, uh, and she it ble bleach blonde hair. She was probably close to 80 years old. I'm not kidding. Maybe 70. <laughs> but she was trying to look like she was 25 and she drove a pink Cadillac, I think. It was she, everything was pink. <laughs> she drove a pink okay. And she would yeah. she would drive all over L.A., 
um, you know, and, and the side of her car is Angeline. And she, you know, she was just famous for being Angeline. And people would wave and everything. So it made total sense that Al would put her, give her a cameo in the video because, <laughs> right? But she was late. She was late. She was late to the shoot. Oh, oh no. no. And so what happened was, yeah, he put all these other people in. There was uh, the from Night Court and, uh, oh God, there were so many fun. Demento, of course, all these people were in it. Yeah. And so she finally shows up at 4 p.m., right? And she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready for my close up. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready for my. And, and they were like, um, Angeline, I'm sorry. We're, we're done. We finished shooting. We, we waited. We tried to reach you. Um, we were done hours ago. And she was like, you know, but I was working on my lips. He was going to do a close up on my lips. He told me <laughs> it, it was, it was he was going to do a close up on my lips. And th- th- I guess they had to substitute the close up on her lips with a different shot. I'll never forget huh. that. And and um, wow. she was very upset that her close up of her lips was not going to be included in this video. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I wonder if Al remembers that. You'll have to ask him. Oh, that's so funny. That I remember because I, I was standing right there and I was like, "Oh gosh, so sorry. You don't get your close up of your lips. You know, it's too bad." <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I just remember that second day at the theater, it was it was a, a lot of chaos and mayhem because there were so many people, and, you know, and they had all the people. You remember at the very end when they're walking out of the of the theater? And I remember right. they did that several times. Um, hmm. they, yeah, my my job that second day, I didn't do as much. Really, all I had to do was stumble up on stage and take a bow. Right. But now... <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed continuity. Did you notice that? I know where you're going with this. Yes. I, I noticed. I, yeah. They got the, it was the wrong, the wrong leg or something. It was the, the, what was it me or was it, was it her? No, it was, it was, um, it was Nancy who had the bandage on her, her leg. You hit her in her right or not you uh the uh the assailant yeah. hit her in in the right leg but her left leg was bandaged up on stage i, I cannot I hold have that backwards right and, and i was bandaged up too i mean because we you know we were both like was i on crutches i think i was on crutches uh here I'm, I'm looking right now she definitely has a crutch yeah i don't see a crutch for you okay i was definitely banged up like i had a black eye <laughs> And yeah, we were both, we've been through the war. Right. And you guys, you're still on stage wearing ice skates, which is great. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they bandaged up the wrong leg. She should have known that. Yes. She was an actor. She should have said, wait, that's not the knee that I got banged up. <laughs> right. Because, right. Yes. It, it's just, uh, she got banged up in the in the uh, right knee and up on stage, her left knee is the one that's bandaged. Yeah. And I, I'm surprised. Al didn't catch that. I was, I was, that was really surprised. But you know what? I didn't catch it until somebody made a comment about it on YouTube. Oh, it's like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I think it took me several watches before I noticed that as well. But yeah, yeah it's it's interesting that that's a that little continuity error exists. <laughs> yeah, that that was a bit major epic fail uh, from the wardrobe. <laughs> well, I'll give them you know the benefit of the doubt. When you do push the push pin in the voodoo doll, you put it into the left knee. So 
maybe they oh. were just going based on the voodoo magic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, was, maybe that's... It wasn't the pipe, well, it was no. the voodoo. <laughs> it was the voodoo doll. The voodoo doll, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know, and, um, and I may have to ask our intern Frank to look this up, but which knee was Nancy Carrigan injured in? In oh gosh, we'll have to let's see. Let's Google that. We gotta Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. History, which knee did Nancy Kerrigan injure? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Ah, okay. All right. So our intern Frank is telling me that it was Nancy Kerrigan was struck on the lower right thigh. The ah, right okay. side. Okay. All right. Ah. Okay. That's right. It was her landing leg. It was her landing leg. That's why that was so awful. That's that's the landing okay. leg. So I did so, and then I put the voodoo pen in the wrong knee. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, this was a parody. This I, is not a documentary, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's so you. In fact, that maybe that maybe that was intentional on Weird Al's part to have uh, the wrong knee be bandaged while up on stage, or I guess the. Yeah, the wrong knee be bandaged. In UHF, when the the guy's arm gets whipped off, the wrong arm falls. So it could have it could have been intentional. <laughs> Maybe it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you know you don't know with Weird Al. He, he does try to put <laughs> his little sneaky things in his videos. <laughs> I, I assume you would have said so, but had had you ever met Tanya or Nancy, the actual women in your you know adventures ice skating? Yeah. No, I have not. I have not. It would be interesting to meet either one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at least Nancy, she still skates, and I think she coaches. <laughs> and um, Tanya, you know, she was forbidden. She could not, she was stripped of her ability to ever compete again. Right. So um, she, and I think she took that plea deal rather than go to prison. It was either you go oh, to yeah. prison or you get stripped of the ability to ever skate again. And she was like, I'll just, I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to. So she, so she, right. Yeah. If it were me, I'd probably go to jail first. Really? I mean, that's, that was all she (laughs) really. Yeah. That's all she knew how to do. That's true. We skate, you know, I mean, look what happened. She ended up sawing trees and logs and like doing what wrestling, women's wrestling and boxing and right. Each his own, but you know, but she was such a she was such a great skater. You know, she was the first person, the first American to land a triple axle in competition. Hmm. So that was, you know, she's in the history books. She did do that. So okay. all, all the craziness aside, she she is the first person to land a triple <laughs> axle in competition. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. It you is. Know, considering that, that's yeah. that's a hard jump to land. Very hard jump to land. I, I'm a I'm a coach, I'm a coach at um, here at the Scott Hamilton skating Academy. And, you know, you have people trying triple axles all the time. You very rarely see anyone actually land one, hmm. you know, oh, okay. ever. So that's the fact that she did that. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Wow. Now it sounds like you're still skating. You still do some skating. Yeah, no, I, I do. Um, I, um, st- I'm an adult competitor and I'm actually better now than I was when I shot that video. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I'm actually a oh, okay. 
So could um, yeah. could you and stop I, the way that Weird Al wanted you to now? Uh, yes, yes. Actually, now I could. Now I could. <laughs> yep. There's a secret. There's a way you do that, and I you, you slow down at the very last minute. You spot and you snap. You just yeah. I could I could do that. <laughs> um, but I did not know how to do it then. I could do it now. So yeah, I okay. I compete on the the adult national championships, and I just. Um, I will tell you that I was in Salt Lake City a month ago and I actually, in my, you know, it's divided by division and age category. And okay. I skated against 20, there were 20 women in my group and I placed first. I got wow. the gold medal. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah I, I'm very, very proud of that. And I did it with an injury. I had uh, really injured my rotator cuff and I was recovering from a broken wrist. And on my left wow. hand, and I'm left-handed. So the fact that I was able to do that injured and still win by a pretty wide margin was was <laughs> amazing. I'm just, I, I can't believe that happened. I think my dad was channeling something. I think he, he, uh, I think he helped me from the great beyond. That was just yeah. bizarre. But I did. I came home with my gold medal. That's so cool. Well, that's a good segue because, I, you know, we wanted to ask you about uh, this new album you have, Lost in Time, and it's a really uh, touching story how it all came to be. Yeah, yeah. I was um, working with my dad. I started singing back in the mid-90s um, after this video with Al, actually. Oh. I started singing, and I, um, my dad, of course, was this incredible, legendary musician, and I, I think I never would have started singing if I had stayed in Nashville because he was very intimidating, his talent and, you know, his personality and everything. I think I needed to get away to spread my wings and discover that I actually could do something on my own. And um, uh -huh. as soon as dad realized that I could sing, he, we, we started recording together and we did, gosh, five CD albums together. And uh, we were working on our final project in 2018, 2019, my mother had died of vascular dementia and Alzheimer's in 2018. She had just died. Oh. And so dad wanted to do an album in her honor. He wanted this to be a tribute to my mother. So he wrote a beautiful tune called Lost in Time. And it was for my mom. And we decided, well, let's just, dad said, I mean, look, I'm 93. This is obviously going to be my last recording. Let's really do this right. Let's do this. So we went into the studio. We recorded two more tracks. Uh, we recorded Sweet Dreams by Patsy Cline. And my dad was on the original Patsy Cline recording back in 1963. So that uh, was amazing. Oh, okay. And then we did a blues tune called Motherless Children. So we, we, we did our three tunes, got them in the can, and we were looking for more songs and we had chosen some more songs. And then COVID happened that in December of 2019, right? Literally a few months after we had been in the studio. So everything shut down. We couldn't get back into the studio, but dad kept writing arrangements. So he wrote four more arrangements. And then this thing dragged on longer than we thought. We thought, well, maybe we can get it in the summer, we can record, but then that couldn't happen. Then we thought, well, maybe the fall, that couldn't happen. So dad stopped writing. I think he just kind of got, you know, I don't want to say lazy, but just, you know, just taking a break from it all. And um, tragically, he caught COVID in August of 2020. 
and he passed away three weeks later. Ugh. He had just written a beautiful arrangement for my uncle and his wife during their wedding, for their wedding. And he performed it for them on August 8th, 2020, for the very last time. It's on video. I have him, you know, there's a video of him playing it. It's, it's it this beautiful instrumental that he wrote called Tender Wish. And after he died, I found that piece of music and I had it arranged with strings and it's the last track on the album and it is so gorgeous. You, you cannot listen to this music without, without crying. It's so beautiful, oh, especially yeah. Yeah, when you know the story. And it, right. it, it's just a very hopeful song about finding love later in life. And, and then he left us, he left us. So I told dad when he was in the hospital and I don't know if he could hear me because he had already slipped, started to transition. Mm-hmm. And they let me in his room with a hazmat suit. It was just so awful. The whole thing was so awful. Uh-huh. I, you know, I wasn't able to hold him or touch his hand or anything until he was literally slipping away. And I had the hazmat suit on and I was playing music and singing to him. And I held his hand and I said, I promise you, I am going to finish this record. I'm going to finish it. And I hope he heard me. I hope he heard me. And I somehow managed to do it. So it took me a little while because I was just grief struck. I was just inconsolable for so long. And we finally pulled it together, got his arrangements together, filled it out with a couple of more songs that he had already written. We got those arrangements written. So we ended up with 10 songs and we recorded it in Nashville last year. So I did a show in Los Angeles at the Hard Rock Cafe um, with Lisa Gibbons about three weeks ago. And we're doing another show in Nashville on June 15th. And by the time this airs, I'm sure the show will have already happened, but it's at a little place called third. Well, it's a very famous place called third and Lindsley. And we're going to have every Nashville musician who worked with dad, whoever is left and alive, they're going to come. I have Charlie McCoy, the great harmonica player, a member of the Grand Ole Opry. He's coming. He's going to open the show for us. I'm going to do the whole record. We're going to have video footage of dad. We're going to have photos we have a screen behind the musicians it's going to be so moving and so wonderful and and you know i think after this show i can just sort of release it all finally you know right and focus on other my own projects and but this was our this was our labor of love for mom you know and, mm-hmm. it, and it became tribute to both of them at the end of the day so right it's a tribute to my parents and I'm just really blessed that I'm able to do this and that I have the, the wherewithal to do it and the resources to do it um, and the support to do it. And um, I just wish dad were here to see it. Cause I think he would be so proud. I think he would have loved what we've done. Yeah. It's his incredible story for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a wonderful tribute to your father. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it ha- has to be done. It just has to be done. And we, you know, when he died, we weren't able to do anything for him because it was COVID. Oh, you know, we had a funeral, but right. we weren't able to do a big musical celebration for him. And, you know, people were really wanting to celebrate him um, and we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So now hopefully this will be that um, in a way, you know? Right. Um, so I'm very excited to do it. It's going to be really emotional and super meaningful. Absolutely. Um, and I yeah. hope, 
I hope wherever he is, he, he, he can see, you know, but I think dad, I think dad's gone. I think he flew away to some other constellation. Cause that's the way he was. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's off doing something spectacular somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's going to be awesome. Well, Lost in Time, a tribute to Bill Purcell, is available now. Uh, you can download it. You can get the physical CD over at laurapurcell.com. And what, yeah. yeah, just to echo what Dave said, what a wonderful story, what a wonderful tribute to your father and to, and to your mother as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it really is. And I, I, I started writing a book about it. And if I can ever, you know, pull it together, I, I probably will write about it because there's so much more to it. But yeah, it's, this is... Right. Um, I really appreciate your support and letting people know about this and um, people, you know, if you don't go to my website, you can also go on what iTunes, you can stream it on iTunes, Spotify. I think it's available on Amazon now, finally. Um, and we sell CDs on the website. If anybody wants, you know, some people do still actually buy CDs. So we are selling them on the website. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, do you? Good, good. Ethan and I are huge collectors of physical media, so we we would rather have a CD in hand than than an MP3 flying around, you know, in the middle of the cloud somewhere. (laughs) We're excited for your event in Nashville and to follow along with all your fun. We can follow you on Instagram at Laura Purcell and Twitter at the Laura Purcell and laurapurcell.com. Thank you so much for for coming on here and, and talking to us all about you know, this thing that took you two days 30 years ago, but have, have really <laughs> been important to us for so long. Yeah, it's a fun trip down memory lane, for sure. Once again, we'd like to thank the amazing Laura Purcell for joining us on the podcast. Be sure to check her out at laurapurcell.com, at Laura Purcell on Instagram, and at the Laura Purcell on Twitter. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota beautiful, it's also a wasteland of criminal activity. Now, this might be a little tough to hear for our young and pure listeners, so please be advised we will be discussing vicious crime activity. In front of us, we have an unedited, uncensored list of the gruesome criminal activity reported in the local crime blotter for the month of May 2023 in the Darwin Township. All right, this is your final warning. You will not be able to unhear this. May 16th, 9.20 p.m. County State Aid Highway 11 in the Darwin, Minnesota Township. Suspicious activity. Oh, the horror! No, no! Handled by officer slash deputy. Oh, Oh my gosh. Thank you, God. Thank you, good Lord. May 18th, 10.14 p.m. County State Aid Highway 11 in the Darwin, Minnesota Township. That's the same general area? This is a conspiracy? Suspicious vehicle. Gone on arrival. Oh my gosh, they're on the loose! No, no! So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next stressful expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters. Blair, Kev, Javier, Ron, Scott, UH Jeff, 
Mike, Matt, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, and Dana B. Also thanks to Robert and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. And you know you want to do it. Now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you will be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant that they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. While you're there, check out our newest line of Pride merchandise to celebrate Pride Month all proceeds from sales in our shop during the month of June will be donated to a charity that supports LGBTQ+. There's only a few more precious days left in June, so stock up now and you can support a good cause. Our friend and sponsor Jackson picked up a 2,000-inch Pride Premium tank top and shared their picture over at group.2000inch.com. And our close personal friend, UH Jeff, recently shared with us pictures of his brand new 2,000-inch Pride mug and 2,000-inch Pride tote. Thanks to Jackson and Jeff and everyone else who picked up Pride merchandise so far this month. Please feel free to proudly show off your Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast Pride merchandise everywhere and be sure to tag us on social media. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website as well as information about past episodes and guests over at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And while you're there, click on Read Dixley Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour, and click on Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Episodes for our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, but if you do not subscribe, then the next time you order a Diet Pepsi with your DoorDash order, they will send you a Diet Coke instead. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula, as seen in the Illustrated Al. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our guest, Laura Purcell, for joining us this episode. We also wish to thank Harlan Bowl, XVR27, Jackson Scoggins, and UH Jeff Nucera. We also wish to thank the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And a big thank you to Weird Eye Yankovic, as this podcast would probably not exist without him. Also, a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. We'll see you on the next episode, episode 200-inch. Well, Dave, the big holiday's coming up. What do you have planned for Be Nice to New Jersey week? Well, I'm already nice to New Jersey every day. Yes, I can see you're quite proud of New Jersey, but do you have any tips for us outsiders? 
Well, for one, nobody says Joyzy. That's just stupid. And also, we're not just highways and diners. New Jersey's nickname is actually the Garden State, and that's because we have many amazing farms and are very well known for our incredible corn and tomatoes. Wait, how would you know? You don't even eat tomatoes, Dave. Ah, forget about it. Oh, okay, I forgot about it. But I heard that New Jerseyans are pizza and bagel snobs? Is that true? Yeah, okay, well, that one's true. But just do not bring up the whole pork roll versus Taylor Ham debate. And Snooky. She wasn't even from New Jersey! Okay, okay. But is it true that everyone from New Jersey is in the mob? Hey, you got a problem with that? That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast episode. Ah, forget about it. I was never able to have a conversation with her other than I'm sorry I threw you into the plexiglass.